Hey everyone, welcome to the Envision Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and I'm the CEO of Envision Nutrition. I'm here to take you from imagining your future possibilities to turning them into actual realities. I've taken everything I've learned over the course of the last five years of bodybuilding and have combined it with my 15 years of experience at being a busy working mom to create the best nutrition and fitness strategies. Now I'm bringing all that I've learned over to you through Envision Nutrition and giving you pieces of it through this very podcast. I'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. about a topic that I think a lot of us really struggle with, and that is who do you think you are? And what I mean by that, for example, I was asked to speak at a women's retreat this past weekend. A good friend of mine hosted this amazing women's retreat, and although it had its twists and turns from how it was originally planned because COVID had really changed the actual turnout of what the event was originally made to be, but I think it turned out to be exactly what it was supposed to be. It was a day full of wisdom from a lot of different um, walks of life and a lot of amazing women. And when I was preparing what I was going to talk to them about, I had a moment, a lot of moments of why in the heck do they want to listen to me? What on earth would I have to say or offer? And I think that that brought me to this place of of this podcast for today, because I think a lot of us go through that no matter what it is, whether that's you being a mom, a wife, um, you know, a coworker or anything that you're doing really, but obviously, especially what I, uh, my, you know, path is, and that is, um, teaching people about health and fitness and about busy working parents, how to um, be able to implement these strategies into their busy lives. So I thought it'd be really cool to sort of repurpose the content that I created for my speech over this past weekend. And it really brings me to this place of who do you think you are? And I think that comes to, um, you know, fruition, when we start to think about these goals that we have, these audacious dreams of someday. And I think all too often we let our imposter syndrome, our self-sabotage thoughts get in the way of who we really are. And, and oftentimes we obviously tend to compare ourselves to people that are quote unquote doing air quotes here better than us. And why is that? Why do we not think we deserve to be where we want to be? Why is it that we think that, yeah, but that's them and this is me and you don't understand my life because I'm me and you're you. So while I was speaking this past weekend, it was brought to everybody's attention that I used to be this really timid, shy, introverted individual, never like very private, never would, would show much of anything, um, you know, in the light of social media. And everybody was very surprised to, to hear that about me. Um, but I, I, obviously I have not always been who I am today. And, um, 
I don't want this podcast to be all about me. I, but I want to sometimes use my stories and my past experiences to help you understand that you're not alone and that we've all started at ground zero. Every single one of us, every single one of us from the most famous individual you can think about, um, you know, all the way to anybody else that you can think about. And yeah, some people maybe have better opportunities. Some people maybe are presented with more gifts or whatever you want to call it, silver spoon in their mouth kind of thing. However, we don't know everybody's path, but I think a lot of times when we have messes, you know, God's able to turn our messes into messages. And so I just kind of wanted to share, you know, my story, my journey with you today. I know I have in in the past, but maybe not quite like this. Um, But I just want to kind of back up into really what led me down this path and this journey that I'm on now. And, you know, just to put it into perspective, my first two pregnancies were a weight gain nightmare. Um, You know, I, I really was you know, that girl in high school that was very thin, could really kind of eat anything I wanted. I was very active as well. However, um, I really have never had a weight issue. Well, fast forward to my very first pregnancy and, um, you know, overnight I had gained a ton of weight, literally went from like a size four to a 14 in that, you know, few months of later pregnancy. And, and it happened twice, you know, it happened with my um, next pregnancy as well. And, you know, when I had my third pregnancy, I told myself I wanted things to be different. Um, I, I totally did not want to go down this route again of piling on so much weight and having no energy and low self-esteem for two years. Cause that's typically how long it took me with both of my first pregnancies. And so, um, you know, with my third things were different. I, I just, I can't tell you exactly what it was, but I just made that decision. I was ready. And when I talk about being ready, I've worked with a lot of clients who come to me initially and they say they're ready. And I can tell you in the first two weeks, whether they're really ready or whether they're not ready, but I was really ready. And I was six months pregnant and Sean and I, my husband, we took a motorcycle ride. Yeah. Six months pregnant, a motorcycle ride two and a half hours away to Omaha, Nebraska to watch the Omaha pro bodybuilding show. It was an IFBB and NPC combined show. And I am telling you from the moment I sat there and watched those beautiful women grace the stage with their hair and their heels and their bikinis and their makeup, I was in love and I was immediately motivated. Well, I had to literally go home and Google what is a macro, but I want to back up because when I was sitting there at that bodybuilding competition, I was tapping my cute little six month pregnant belly. And I promised myself that I was going to be on that stage at that show that next year on that stage. And then I literally went home and had to Google what is a macro. I didn't know how to squat much more than a bar. I couldn't I didn't know what a deadlift was, and I sure as heck didn't know what a hang clean press was. You know, and I guess I bring that up because 
So many of us are so afraid to start small because of embarrassment. You're afraid somebody else is watching, or maybe you're just afraid you're going to fail. And you know what? You might, you might fail, but I like to turn that around to the whole idea that the only failure is if you've quit. Okay. So let's not consider looking silly and not doing it right. And having to Google something as a failure. Those are all little learning tools that we have that we can utilize. So aside from having to Google, what is a macro, you know, I I just really started to dive in and something really amazing started to happen. You know, after I really began to eat good, you know, because up until that point, eating healthy to me was skipping breakfast and then having a light salad for lunch and then trying my hardest not to have three helpings of dinner because I was so freaking hungry. (laughs) But aside from that, when I really truly started to quote unquote, learn how to track my macros, because to me, macros are an amazing place to start and learn things about food that you didn't know or understand before. And we have our foundations guide, by the way, which you can um, go onto our website and see more about if you want to learn how to track macros. It's the guide is all about teaching you how to track macros and a whole bunch of other things as well. But anyways, it was really amazing how wonderful I felt. You know, I was never the, the pregnant person that enjoyed being pregnant. I honestly wanted to smack anybody that said they loved it when I was pregnant with the boys because I hated it. I hated it. But you know, this time around, it was so different. I drank a ton of water. I ate really good. I ate foods that gave me energy and didn't leave me sluggish. Yeah, sure. I had a cookie or a brownie here and there, but, but I really did it right. And I, and I moved my body and, you know, I had the most amazing experience with pregnancy and I was, I am so thankful for that. So thankful for that because obviously my third was my last one, but let's fast forward, had Henley you know, went through my postpartum journey, but then I got into competition prep and I worked really, really hard to follow through with that promise, that commitment that I made to myself. And nine months later, one year after I made that commitment to go on that stage, I not only competed in that competition, but I also qualified for nationals and qualifying for nationals in the NPC is a huge deal, um, especially at a larger show like that one. So it is an accomplishment that nobody can take away from me. It's, it's an accomplishment that a number on the scale can't give me. Um, it's, you know, you guys get what I mean. It is something that I am so proud of that that can't be taken away. And I think it's, comes back to that whole idea that I was ready. And I want you to ask yourself, are you ready? Where do you have to be? What do you have to go through to get ready? I was still that same person that failed all the times before. I just decided it was time to level up. And after the first time of making that accomplishment and having that experience the fact that you had the courage to do that, each one gets easier. It gets easier and easier to commit to yourself and to follow through with it. But on the reverse side, each time you fail, it hurts a little less each time and it gets easier and easier to fail. 
So you have to pick your hard. Is your hard going to be not following through again? Or is it going to be putting in the work and seeing what you're made of? Now, maybe your goal isn't stepping on stage. Accomplishments look different for everybody. But what if you stopped wishing for that someday and you made the commitment now? So I really want to challenge you to tell somebody about your goals because we're 50% more likely to follow through. My mom told me this one, by the way, with our goals, if we tell somebody else about them. So we're halfway through the year and a lot of you probably started out with some kind of a new year's resolution, um, you know, some kind of a goal that you set forth at the beginning of the year. And just think if you would have stuck to those goals where you would have been now, six months later. So I want to challenge you because it's the time of year where, I mean, it is busy. If you're anything like me, you know, workload is picked up. It's summer. So we have all the activities running kids all over the place. We're in baseball. And let me tell you, those baseball games are long and I always miss it when it's over, but it is a very busy season. And so I just want to challenge you to to sort of recreate or repurpose or go back to, you know, the beginning of the year, January, when we had these big audacious goals that maybe got shoved to the side. Um, Because I truly believe that, you know, you're not done. You're just putting things on pause. And so let's unpause our goals that we had set aside and let's figure out a way to bring them back up. And so oftentimes when I am working with my clients, I listen to them. I listen to their concerns. I listen to the issues that they're having. And then we come up with a plan. And oftentimes, you know, everybody thinks they need to have these big, huge, audacious things. Like I'm going to do all the things all at once. And really, in my huge opinion, the turtle wins the race every time. Why? Because they are patient and steady. You know, we were asked what our favorite animal was this past weekend, and mine has always been the turtle. And I truly believe the turtle does not get enough credit for that reason. They are wise. They are patient. They are steady. And that's why I always say the turtle wins the race every time. Because if you take a look at somebody that has lost a, for example, let's just take weight loss, a huge amount of weight in a short period of time. I challenge you to look at that person in two years from now, maybe five years from now and see where they're at. It is going to be so, so rare that that person is going to still have the dramatic weight loss most likely they have gone through maybe even a cycle or two of extreme weight gain over and over again. But let's take an individual who makes some minor changes to their daily routine. They quit trying to shove themselves into this particular program or that particular strategy. And they just decided, you know what? I'm going to start making health a priority instead of fasting or keto or taking this pill or fat burner. Let's just make health a priority. Let's go out to eat a little bit less. Let's include the entire family on a backyard workout or a walk around the block. 
or a family night of cooking. But let's just stop trying to do all of these extremes. Let's take a look at that person who implements two things at first. Maybe it's getting 8,500 steps a day and drinking 80 ounces of water a day. Maybe it's those two very small but very powerful strategies that they implemented into their day. Let's say they do that for two months, okay? Well, then let's say after that two months, they add in, you know what? I think we're going to eat out less. Let's eat out two times a week instead of six. Let's do that for two months. Cool. We're still drinking our water. We're still getting our steps, but now we're eating out less. Great. Let's take two months after that. Maybe we're going to add in workouts. Maybe we're going to work out two times a week. Well, now that I started working out, I really don't want to eat that fast food. Let's try, let's try eating differently at home. So do you see where I'm going with this here? So you may be a year in and only five pounds less, but what if you kept up that strategy for five years? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25 pounds lost. Probably more because you're going to gain momentum over time. But you tell me what's better. Losing a very large amount of weight in a short period of time only to yo-yo back and forth and gain it all back and then some. Or to take it slow, implement little things, And in five years, you've lost a permanent 25 pounds and you have a new lifestyle. That is called the compound effect, my friends. Now, as some of you may know, we are just finished. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll actually be today with our 21 day metabolic acceleration challenge. And the cool thing about this challenge, yes, it was a little more extreme than most of the challengers were used to, but the lowest number of calories on anybody's plan was over 1300 calories a day. Everybody that completed the challenge, followed through with the challenge, not only ate more calories, but also if you know, it takes 21 days to equal a habit, drinking more water getting more movement, doing more exercise. You see, it's not about the number on the scale all the time. It's not always about the number of inches lost because a lot of you aren't going to lose inches or number on the scale in three weeks of time. However, if you are implementing these little daily habits, these little daily strategies every single day, then Again, it's going to accumulate over time. It is going to compound over time and you're going to feel amazing. So these challengers didn't have to do anything absolutely insane. No, I mean, a lot of them stepped things up from where they were, but it was about movement. It was about getting sleep. It was about drinking water. It was about eating the right foods and enough foods. And it was about, you know, getting your steps in. Nobody did anything that was diehard crazy for this challenge, but the biggest feedback, the most feedback I've gotten is they are excited to continue. And if that's the case, then my job here is done with that because my whole purpose behind this challenge 
was to create lifestyle habits for people that they could go forward with. And the part that I was even more thrilled with is that a lot of people's families all got involved with this. So it wasn't just the person that signed up for the challenge. A lot of um, families out there have started changing the entire habits altogether. Um, I just think that that is such an amazing thing when you aren't alone on an island, when you can have the support of your loved ones with you, cheering you on. And if you don't, that's fine. But have a friend or have you know some kind of accountability partner because having a cheerleader behind you is going to make all the difference in your success. It really goes back to that saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So again, after this podcast, you're going to have this brief spurt of motivation. So what can we do to harness that motivation and make it long lasting? And that is going to be to start simple. And I love to say this quote that simple does not always mean easy. Um, you know, Again, it goes back to, we see Tom Brady holding the Super Bowl trophies and we see, you know, all these people with their before and afters. But what those before and afters don't show you is the between, the suck, the embracing the suck, the part that nobody wants to see because it's boring. It's monotonous. It's day in and day out of doing the same repeated boring things. And one of our speakers had a very, very great point um, that I just truly loved because it really did have a way of explaining that it really is a monotonous, straight path. And when you have this straight path of consistency, you don't have these big dips of valleys, but you still get to enjoy these big top mountains of fun, of joy, of experience, of you know being happy with where you are. So because I always want to leave you guys with some kind of actionable, um, you know, item that you can actually tangibly do in your day to day, I want you to literally get out a piece of paper right now, press the pause button if you need to get a pen or put it in your notes or send yourself an email. I always email myself throughout the day because of things that I may forget. And I want you to come up with three small goals that you're going to do for the next 30 days. Um, and I would suggest them be easy enough that no matter how busy it is, no matter how many trips to a barbecue or a lake day or vacation or baseball games or whatever it is that you have going on in your life that you can do. Because again, remember, this is all about making this fit your lifestyle and not making you fit some kind of program. So is that you're going to drink half your body weight in water? Is that you're going to get 8,500 steps every single day, no matter what? Is that you're going to work out three times a week? I don't care if it's a 15 minute workout. What does that look like for you? I'm just throwing things out there. You have to make that up for yourself. What does that look like for you? And when you can do that consistently for 30 days, you will find it very easy to then add in one more. But the other thing that I want you to write down is what is the number one excuse or justification that you tell yourself time and time again? I want you to write that out. And is it, I'm too busy? 
Is it, I'm an all or nothing kind of person? Is it, I don't like vegetables? Is it, I can't stand to drink water? And, and I'm going to challenge you when you write out your number one excuse, I want you to flip that framework for me. I want you, actually, it's not for me, it's for you. I want you, instead of saying, I am too busy, I don't have time, I want you to flip it to, I didn't make time. What can I do next time to make time? Or, I'm not all or nothing, I can choose to be consistent I can choose to switch the fact that I tell myself I'm an all or nothing individual to I can be a consistent individual or challenge you to try a bunch of different vegetables. I don't care if you have to spend 50 bucks on vegetables, buy a whole bunch of different kinds, cook them up, shred them up, cut them up, find something that you like, cook them different ways. There's something out there for everybody. I promise you. And also it's cheaper than fast food anyways. So just try it. Um, Experiment with different foods. Experiment with, um, you know, different quick plan B strategies that you can have for your busy time. So flip, find ways to flip that, you know, uh, mentality of the one way that you're saying things. Try to find a way to flip it into a positive reinforcement, a positive way that, yeah, you can do this but let's figure out how we can do this instead of always telling uh, ourselves that we are this way or we can't, or I'm too busy, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm challenging you to reframe how you speak about yourself and to yourself because the energy that you give yourself and that you receive and that you give out not only affects you, but it affects those around you as well. So those two things could be the little difference that you need to start putting things in forward motion. So number one, we're going to write three goals, three attainable goals that you can fit into your lifestyle that are just going to fit right in there along with everything else that you got going on. So write those three things down. And then two, we are going to talk to ourselves and about ourselves differently We're going to, you know, be done with these, I can't, I am, or I don't have time. We're going to flip that framework to, I can be, I will be, or next time I will make time. And here's what I learned from when I didn't make time. And isn't it funny that so many of us say that we don't have time because of the sports activities that our kids are in? And the reason that I find that ironic is because we are hustling, hustling, hustling to hurry up and go sit on our butts at a baseball game, right? So why can't we use that time to get some movement in, walk around, walk around, especially when your kid's not up to bat or when they're in transition between innings or, you know, whatever it is, use that time for movement, Use that time to close your eyes and take some breathing exercises. The other thing is, is make your goals fit within your lifestyle. So you want to have some sunflower seeds or you want to have some baseball treats and snacks? Count for them. 
Don't just mindlessly eat out of the bag of sunflower seeds. Take ahead of time a portion that fits within your plan so that you can eat X amount that you brought with you. And, you know, those are just small, tiny examples of ways that you can start making healthy habits fit into your lifestyle. Because if you just try to tell yourself, nope, I'm not going to eat the seeds or nope, I'm not going to do that. That's all you're going to think about. You know, I, I know I've said this before on other podcast episodes as well, but again, it just goes back to, you know, moderation. It goes back to what are some of these little strategies and things that you can implement into your lifestyle to make yourself successful for the long haul. All right, you guys, don't be afraid to break your goals down into bite-sized pieces. Stop looking at the end of your goal and getting overwhelmed. Start making a plan that you can, you know, that fits into your lifestyle, little things that you can do each and every single day. And I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. You've been able to write down some simple things that you're going to do and change the way you speak about and to yourself. And you guys, I hope that you liked this episode. And if you did like this episode, please be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a thing. I'd love it if you'd share this episode um, of this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that I can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. I so appreciate you listening in. And until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.